0: So what a few couple of days it's been <laughs> Man oh man what a few days it's been uh I'm not going to talk about certain things uh, that's gone on 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 TV Um, because I think it's been talked about enough. It's been talked to death at this point. Like, I knew it would be. Like, I knew it would be. And, like, the the person that made sure it would be, uh, made it. So, (laughs) pretty much. But I'm here to talk about, uh, a very, a, a more current, even even more current, uh, thing that, development that, uh. I discovered today, and it is—you know—I can't believe it's come down to this. It, It's—it is. Um, I never thought this day would come, but it's kind of—it's here, and as sure as the passing of each day, it, it's like—I'm trying to wax poetic on this because it, it, it its heartbreak. I mean, um, these things are close to me because I've watched so many of of his movies and he, he's, he's a big deal. He's a big deal to me. And, uh, you know, growing up watching, um, uh, Moonlighting and, uh, Um, Die Hard of course that kind of bridged off of that and uh, all the Die Hard sequels uh, discovered that uh, Bruce I'm not even trying to pronounce the the name of the the condition but it's uh, unfortunate condition uh, that struck him and it sucks. It's terrible. It's sad. This is sad. I I was, I was I was um and I am. I I was bummed out. I was depressed when I heard the news that he can't. He's basically retiring. Uh, Bruno. Bruno. I was listening to on the radio while I was at work. Uh, some some harmonica playing. And I thought how much that. How much... It, it's funny because he has not been... Uh, I haven't heard of anything with him and the accelerators, uh, him playing any music in a long time. And I was thinking, I'm like, that's kind of funny. Well, maybe he just... He's like, well, like, I'm getting too old for that. I'm going to hang it up with that. Or maybe there's a disagreement with him and his bandmates. Um, but, you know, listening, it's like... I don't think... I will never get that that Bruce willis again that that hammy uh harmonica playing Bruce um and I don't know i don't I don't know how far back this goes with him that you know the announcement made it seem like it it's fairly recent uh but maybe it, he's been unfortunately on a decline in it it's tough. It's tough for me to talk about. I don't. I don't want to speculate too much. You know, I, I've done reviews on here. I, did, I know I did that last Die Hard uh, review on here. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't too happy about it. But uh, yeah, it's just. You know, a friend of mine pointed out that he had a, a an earpiece in. And uh, he said, well, is, is, I wonder if everything is okay with him. And I, and I didn't see footage with him with an earpiece on. But uh, this is sad. This is sad. Um, it stinks. I hate it. You know, I, I guess... I don't know if he's fully retiring, but he's going to work on his cognitive ability... To I guess it this affects the ability to understand speech and to and to speak as well. So boy, if there's ever been an Achilles' heel for actors, it, it's that. It's un, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's like it's specific like that. Um. It's crazy. I I don't know. I don't know how far back this goes, but it's terrible. and Because it, it's terrible on two levels. One, it, it, it's pretty much the end of his career. And two, it's, it's him trying to actually enjoy life in, in, in conversations and understand what's going on when people talk to him. That's a whole nother. That's, I mean, you think about that, on, on another level, it's like the things we take for granted, of just understanding what somebody is telling you and being able to communicate with them back. How much we take that for granted is crazy. That's crazy to think about. I mean, that's one for the grateful journal, right there, is to write. I'm grateful I can talk and have and understand what people are saying to me. That's pretty important in life. And so it it just feels like he's been cursed out of nowhere. Uh so I'm saddened by this. It, this is uh you know, you never like to see your heroes. Uh Die or turn totally corrupt, or they're not who you thought they would be when you meet them in person, or yada yada yada. But this, um, this is unfortunate, and this this is terrible. I mean, it could be worse, I'm glad it's not worse, but at the same time, it's like that's. A bitter pill to swallow for anybody. And uh, well, if uh, a lot of you probably don't know that I have a, a you know, a, a big Bruce Willis fan. I'd see almost every movie that I could uh, when it came out. When he came out, movie since pretty much since Die Hard. But if I didn't see him at the theater, I'd catch him. You know, I catch them on TV, uh, on cable or something like that, and you know, of course, moonlighting, watching that as a kid, uh, at night, uh, especially, you know, me, me and my mom would watch it. We have we get a big kick out of the at and, and just crack up, and a lot of good memories watching that show, and it was such a witty fly by the seat of the pants it seemed like it seemed like kind of an improv show breaking the fourth wall it was fantastic they just don't make shows like that anymore and uh you know i got my moonlighting dvd set and uh man it it you know I miss that, Bruce, but there's nothing I could do about that. I mean, we all change, you know. Life changes, your circumstances change. Um, and you just morph into uh, you morph into another person sometimes, and, and you know I always say I've never rushed change because it's just something that's going to happen to you no matter what. So you just it, it, I I might as well have it happen gradually to me then oh my gosh, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. The capital C. No. No, man. Just be real. So anyway, yeah. It's just, there was something so magical about that show. The cast. uh, Bert, the episodes of Bert were some of my favorite and uh i mean if you watch any of those shows the moon old moonlightings they're like time capsules um i remember watching them on lifetime you know watching a lot of the reruns that i never had a chance to watch i missed so many episodes when it was on in the 80s i caught up with them in the 90s a lot of the reruns and uh those it was great escapism for me you know during uh the dreaded high school years and uh, yeah it's uh, this is the end of an era the Bruce Willis era and it's it's unfortunate it's unfortunate you know the movies that he had been, he'd been doing weren't anything to write home about but I don't know how much of that was because of this. So it, it, it it's, this is a tough one to dissect. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is. It's, you know, I had been wondering for a while if he had, you know, something, something happened in his life. To make him change his, uh, his presence, his on-screen presence, his, his, his attitudes. Um, and a lot of that might not be because of this. It might not be. But, yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate news, uh. I mean, we all, this all, this, things like this happen to our heroes, you, you know, when we get older. And for anyone younger, I doubt there's anyone younger <laughs> listening to this show, but you never know. Uh, eventually, when they find this episode in, in the trash heap or in <laughs> a time capsule somewhere, or maybe there's an alien listening to this in the future, and uh, you get older and you see your heroes. Uh, either pass on, or uh, they do something really bad, or something along those lines. It's it's just it's inevitable. It's just it it, uh, it is, and it stinks. Like, you know, Sean Connery passing that sucked. I mean, he had a full career, he had a long life, but you still don't want to. You still don't want to acknowledge it. You know, you want that person or that that your idea of that person to kind of live live on forever and and they they do they kind of do in a way um but we all have to acknowledge that you know as as time keeps it moving that you know the people that are ahead of us in age that you know by so many years are gonna go through a decline or that's it. You know, and it's already kinda happening with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and Sylvester Stallone. They're, they're much older now. And, uh, you know, Mel Gibson, you know, he's got the got the gray hair and he's, um, still sharp, but he's, you know, he's, he's older. He's getting along there now. And, uh, Harrison Ford, no spring chicken but man i got to give him credit he is doing it he's, he he still his head is still in the game and i love that and uh it's just it, it's it stinks it stinks to hear this you know i i loved watching uh his smaller movies too uh and this was kind of like the late 80s this is around the time of when, you know, Showtime, Cinemax, HBO were new. And, um, he would, he would do smaller movies. He'd have, he'd do the big ones, but then he'd do the smaller ones, too. Um, I love his episode of the Twilight episode, uh, Twilight Zone episode Shatterday. Not Saturday. Shatterday. Uh, where he, a doppelganger takes takes over his life. It's really good. He's got a good monologue in that. Um. But I, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna do a whole I don't think this episode's gonna, the whole thing's gonna be about his whole career because that that's a whole other episode. But I'll do I'll kind of skim over things a bit. Uh. Yeah. I mean (laughs) Die Hard 2 I watched Die Hard 2 at least 50 times not consecutively but I've had to count how many times I've actually watched it on, on VHS um and how much, how many, how much i watched it, you know, Home Alone. And acted out the lines and said the words. <laughs> how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> you know, and I've done the impersonations. And it stinks. I mean, I... I mean so much joy and entertainment from his line line readings, his his smirks, his the return of Bruno cassette tape, which I got somewhere still, which I'll never throw out because it's so rare. Uh seeing him in concert uh with the accelerators uh at Saint Andrew's Hall. It's pretty special with two two of my best friends um seeing and watching him in pulp fiction for the infamous uh, uh uh you you know throw the fight scene um yeah there's just so i mean like i said i can go on and on I, i'll talk I'll tell you the ones that that stand out for me. um, Two of the big ones, and you're going to laugh. Two of the big ones besides Die Hard, Die Hard 2. Is The Last Boy Scout. um, And Hudson Hawk. Um, One. Gives one of his best performances I think he's ever done. And... I don't think he's done a, a performance as as interesting and as nuanced as that one since, um, More that we we've gotten a, a Willis that quite in his game good since that. Um, and Hudson Hawk, Hudson Hawk, that's him at his. I wouldn't say hammiest, but it, it it's him just kind of just going just having a big empty canvas and just kind of like not caring and just kind of going for it. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had just by him letting his, uh, letting his ego go wild in that movie a little bit. Uh, uh I mean, this, I just thought of another small, fun movie, uh, breakfast of champions <laughs> with him and Nick Nolte. And, uh, you know, that was a, a fun role that he took serious. But it was just, a lot of it's because, you know, he's got a great performance in it, but there's some ha- great writing in it, you know. Um and, You know, 12 Monkeys. You know, I remember watching that in college. I saw that in the theater. And uh, that was that was such a journey that movie. You know that was such a, a mind, minder. One of one of my favorite directors with one of my favorite actors right there. And uh, man, so many great performances over the years. And he definitely had his stride where he was really, uh, I think, hungry and and really sunk his teeth into the, his roles. Uh, Heart's War, I enjoyed. You know, a lot of people didn't like that as much, but I I thought that was great. Um, You know, in a lot of ways, that movie introduced introduced, uh, Colin Farrell. And, uh, but yeah, Willis was great in that. I mean, the Vietnam one. The, I can't think of it right now. The name of it but the one where he's a Vietnam vet uh, coming home. I think that's the name of it, coming home. And it deals with, it's great. It deals with Vietnam vets coming back from the Vietnam war in the eighties and just kind of trying to deal with life and their PTSD. And there's some, it was very grounded performance that, you know, he doesn't really go, he doesn't go over the top you know he has little freak out moments in it but it's not too crazy um there's some good subtle moments with him in that movie and it's definitely a movie of the mid 80s early to mid 80s i think coming home highly recommend it it's it's it doesn't beat you over the head with with its message necessarily it's just it's a very it's very subtle in some of its uh storytelling and you don't you don't quite get that that kind of movie these days um not necessarily um but yeah man, the big one for me will always be the last boy scout uh a lot of you guys. That you know, some of you that listen to this know me fairly well, but um, some of you that don't, I'll tell you a story. Uh, uh, you know, when that movie came out, it was like 1990, 1991, 92, somewhere around there. And uh, you know, I had gone to go see the movie, and which is awesome because it's rated R movie. I was able to go in and go see it. His parent, I went to go see with the, my mom and, and my stepdad at the time, and it was such a good, funny, uh, escalating kind of movie—a very underdog kind of film uh, about a private detective that used to be the uh, the president's. Uh, uh, right hand man or he was like a secret service agent and he's partnered up with uh Damon Waynes who is he used to be a uh, went uh, a famous quarterback for the l a stallions a fictional football team and uh they buddy up in a in a you know an action comedy dark comedy. Um and this is by one of my other favorite directors, Tony Scott, who's the master of the, the smoky uh the smoky image and and the awesome masterful close-ups and just really great at setting an atmosphere and mood and setting. And that coupled with uh Bruce Willis's uh <laughs> is a uh, very um hard boiled uh uh he i think in his own words he says something like this character is a very uh y kind of slow speaking uh, uh, uh kind of like uh really taking his time he's not so frank uh f- uh uh not so uh, f- frantic uh, i know i'm saying that wrong <laughs> frantic and uh, very acidy kind of character. Very, you know, you have to kind of see it. He, he's got a five o'clock shadow in most of the movie, and he's he's not McLean in it. He's very, he's Philip Marlowe, but he's Philip Marlowe like after he's had a hard night out, and uh, doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks. He's always got a smoke, and uh, it's just such a a great. I miss that character, you know, Joe Hollenbeck. I like we never. I mean, after that, we never got. I never got. I always felt like, man, I just want to see one more movie as that with that character, um, because they have a great before and after. Like, like he was definitely more of a ja- like a happier person before this thing happens to him. You know, he, you know, he uh, saves the president's life. Um, but his wife, he goes through a nasty, uh, yeah, thing with his wife where they're on the ropes, she messes around with them, she cheats on him, and that's all in the movie. But he's, he's such a grizzled character in this. And I, I just thought like, man, this character, Bruce is so ahead of his time in this performance. Like, like he's playing a character that's maybe 20 years ahead of his age right now. And after that, I felt, I felt like, like he aged himself 20 years. And then after that role, he deaged himself. <laughs> and he, you know, he did numerous other roles and, uh, but none with that kind of grit. And I, I, I and that's because, um, you know, we ha- it was written by none other than the man here, who I'm going to look up. Who, of course, I blank out on his name. The screenplay, I think it was like, it was the first million dollar screenplay or something like that. And this guy that wrote uh, Lethal Weapon, least Lethal Weapon 1, uh, Shane Black. Gosh, how could I forget that name? Shane Black. So, yeah. You don't get a lot of awesome scripts by Shane Black these days. I mean, he's made a little bit of a comeback, but... He hasn't quite landed it. I mean, he did Iron Man 3 and all that. I like Iron Man 3 for the most part. Um, I still haven't seen Predators. I can't even believe that. But yeah, Shane Black... And... um, You just don't get that kind of movie anymore. That kind of passion. You don't have... um, The producer on that was Mr. Uh, Silver. Let's see. I want to say... See, I can't think of any names right now. Let's see. Joel. Joel Silver. Joe Silver, legendary producer of the 80s and some of the 90s and he's still going to today. for today I believe but it is uh it's such a hell of a movie. And uh man, I now just thinking about that now. It's going to be tough for me to watch Bruce Willis movies like for, and his his golden age ones. Because now that I know this has happened, I mean it's not like he can't come back from it, but it's gonna be different if he does. And uh, Man, it's this is a sad day. It's a sad day. Um it's kinda like if you're in the sports and one of your favorite, all time favorite Sports stars. Um, Retires. Maybe not even... Like he used to be like the main guy. Like a Gretzky. Right? And then, okay, he's... Maybe he's not the main guy. Maybe he's like uh, the coach now. Right? But now he's not even the coach. He's like retiring because he can't coach anymore. That's kind of how it feels. It's like well now he's really out of the now we're not even going to see him barely any any very much at all now. And when you you know when a movie star does that or someone in the public eye does that they age very fast because we don't see them that, that much. And uh that's what's sad and i think now more than ever we need a bruce willis archetype character in our in our films and and i i've said this before that they don't make them anymore like this kind of um masculine character um you know uh Someone is from the older school and uh, it's just they lived through a different era where things are just a little bit less convenient and they're a bit tougher because of that. Um, not to say that my generation or maybe a generation underneath me doesn't have tough people it's just a different kind of tough, I guess. You know, it's, you know, now when they try to cast, like, I'll give you an example, like a Robert Duvall or a Clint Eastwood kind of character that looks, that knows, that has a certain authenticity to their face and the way they react to things is very grown up. And um, I don't think we have that anymore. And it's unfortunate. Like there's no one to really step up and fill Bruce's shoes. Not really. Not anyone with that smirk. Not anyone with that uh, personality necessarily. Uh, Not anyone that, that had that the TV background, the wittiness, and then made that big splash into, into movies. There are some that are similar, but I can't tell you off the top of my head. And, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed out. This, this stinks. Um, oh, yeah, let me finish the story. The Last Boy Scout. I really went off on a, on a, on a tangent there. Um, the story, the remaining story to that is i uh i was a freshman in high school and i i had a uh uh gym teacher uh i'll just call him mr l and uh he uh he looked a lot like bruce willis's uh, character in the movie with a bit of a stubble short hair um kind of a caesar's haircut but and he I'm like I looked at this uh they had the last boy scout page in in this magazine and I tore it out and uh put it on the wall of the door of of his office Mr. L's office <laughs> and and I and, and I think I got called in for that and, uh, he's like, so what, he's like, you know, what, what are you doing? What, what are you putting this, uh, on the door here, uh, and he called called What, what, what are you doing? And I said, oh, uh, it's just like, you look like Bruce Willis in this movie. Oh, okay, just, uh, all right. You know, it's just something kind of like that, kind of brief. I didn't get in trouble or anything. It was just kind of funny. And, uh. You know, so I'll always have that memory and associate that with that time in my life. And it was a special time. Because I was just at a grade school and I was making new friends. And uh, just tying in the, the pop culture into the real life and making that connection, I think that that's one of the reasons why I have... You know, connection with 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 Bruce Willis, like again, watching the TV show, watching it with with my mom, and enjoying that. So it's a family kind of thing, and then watching the movies. You know, Die Hard. I don't think I, I don't I don't think I saw Die. I I know I didn't see Die Hard. I was too young to see Die Hard in the theater, but I saw it on TV. You know, uh, I'm sure. We rented it on VHS or something. We watched it that way, and that I ended up. I think, uh, really, I ended up watching it more fully on my own when I was in high school. I bought the uh, VHS, and uh, that's how I I really started to, to appreciate it by multiple viewings. Um. And uh, striking distance. That's one of them. Uh, That's another one that's underrated. Uh, Who's the best cop? (laughs) Again, it was kind of a... I mean, it's tough to do cop roles without making them all seem like the same guy. Uh, His little touches, his little nuances, he was able to do that. And he played a lot of cop roles, but he was able to change it up to where make each one different in some way. That's incredible. I mean, especially incredible to go from McLean to Joel Hollenbeck from the last Boy Scout to um, I, I, unfortunately I can't remember the comp in Striking Distance um, where they have similar things in the way they look but they're different somehow. Very nuance and you feel like you're getting a different character in each one. Um of course sixth sense, you know, that came that came along a bit later. Uh but that kinda gave him a a, a bit of a revival. Not that he would gone away, but that, that kept him kind of reinvented him because it that was like the beginning of his very subtle performances where he's not hamming it up so much. Um, I mean, you watch Hudson Hawk, then you watch The Sixth Sense and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, of course, Unbreakable after that. Um, that was another kind of uh, of a quantum leap in, in acting for him. Again, very similar, kind of a subtle performance, but still very different from the character in Sixth Sense. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, and uh, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Mortal Thoughts. I remember watching Mortal Thoughts with him and Demi Moore, and uh, he he plays kind of a um, uh, kind of a drugged out guy in that one. Um, a little spastic. Uh, yeah. It's just I mean he even did the the, best, the basic instinct thing, the uh is it the colour of Ah, uh, I forgot the name of it. The color of something but it's like a who done it, like a romantic thriller who done it thing. Um, like Basic Instinct that was big at the time that kind of movie um, yeah and then to see him return to, to true form with uh, Die Hard 3 with the Vengeance with the, that was amazing because it had been so long since Die Hard 2 to see him in Die Hard 3 was like, wow, that's great. This character's back. And the original director, John McTernan. That was that was awesome. Just back to back to uh you know, him in and circumstances where he, he's up against the clock. And yeah, he's not inside a building or anything, but he's again, he's kinda up against forces that you know, all these people he's got to try to take on this Russian mob of sorts. And, uh, of course, Jeremy Irons was, was the villain. You always need a good villain. I always say that. You need a, an awesome actor and, and a good villain with, with uh, some substance in a, in an action movie like that. And, uh, yeah. Jeremy Irons is awesome. Not as good as Alan Rickman, but what are you going to do? So, yeah, that that's some of the. That's some of the, the magic. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I had a tough time in high school because I had to transfer from a private school to a public school. And watching, you know, a lot of Bruce Willis movies helped me through a lot of that. So that that's another reason why I connect uh, to him so much because it was a great escape, you know, listening to you know kind of impersonating him and and doing his lines you know watching the movies and all that i had a lot of downtime i had a lot of downtime i didn't have i wasn't i couldn't go party so i had to kind of make uh, kind of make a world for myself you know i guess i still am making a world for myself but <laughs> i you know it's unfortunate you know life and circumstances have changed me I'm not sure if it's for the better or for the worse. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both, but um, it's it's unfortunate. I feel like such a different person sometimes than I was then. It sucks. Um, but you can't stay the same person your whole life. I guess that's a whole other podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to bring you guys down, but. Uh, Maybe I'll do a part two of this, and uh, it's just sad. I, you know, I'll look up what what the name of the of the condition is here. Uh, all right, start with an A. Aphasia. 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 Or aphasia. I'm pretty sure it's aphasia. It's his family has announced that he's retiring. So. Oh boy, here's an article. Oh, Kevin Smith regrets petty Bruce Willis complaints. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Kevin Smith apologizes to Bruce Willis over petty cop-out complaints. Oh, shit. I feel like an asshole. It says here in Variety, Kevin Smith reacted to the news about Bruce Willis's acting retirement and aphasia diagnosis by saying, He feels like an asshole for publicly slamming the actor over a decade ago. Smith directed Willis and Tracy Morgan in the 2010 buddy comedy cop-out. But the director's relationship with Willis was uh, tumultuous. On a 2011 episode of Mark Maron's podcast, Smith said it was fucking soul-crushing working with Willis. It was difficult. Smith said at the time about Willis. The director added that Willis wouldn't even sit for a fucking poster shoot, and that were it not for Tracy, I might have killed either myself or someone else for making me making a fucking cop out. Uh, there is swearing on this in this episode. Okay, this will be marked explicit. Uh, following the uh, announcement that Willis is stepping away from his career after being diagnosed with uh, aphasia. A language a language disorder caused by brain damage, so that affects a person's ability to communicate, so I'm assuming this you know Bruce might have had a minor stroke of some sort to cause that, but that's just my assumption smooth uh smooth <laughs> smooth Smith Smith joined other Hollywood stars in sending well wishes to willis's to Willis and his family. Long before any of the cop out stuff, I said I was a b- big Bruce Willis fan, so this is really heartbreaking to read. Smith wrote on Twitter. He loved to act and sing, and, and the loss of that has to be devastating for him. Yeah, definitely. I feel like an asshole for my petty complaints from 2010. So sorry to Bruce Willis and his family. And then uh, Willis' family announced it again. An Heard this, uh, read this yet? I saw it on Instagram. This is a really challenging time for our family. Some Demi I think. And we are here. To, we are so appreciative of your continued love, compassion, and support. The family said uh, we are moving through this as a strong family unit. And wanted to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you, as you do to him. It was just his birthday too. Happy birthday, Bruce. Uh, as Bruce always says, live it up. And together we plan to do just that. Actor Seth Green also reacted to the news on Twitter saying, uh, writing, I have so much love for Bruce Willis and I'm grateful for every character he's given us. Yeah. <sighs> uh, hugs and love for the whole family. Thank you for sharing him with us all. Uh, bless you Bruce Willis wrote <laughs> wrote Deadpool cr- creator Rob Liefeld <laughs> that's great prayers for healing and sincere gratitude for sharing your talents with all of us read more Hollywood reactions to Bruce Willis retirement and diagnosis post below yeah does anyone else stands out Richard Roper Damn, wishing the best for Bruce Willis and his family. Uh, honestly, yeah, this uh, Megan McCain. Uh, so much love, light, prayers, and strength to Bruce Willis, his, his wife, children, uh, Demi, and uh, and their and their entire family. During this time, have faith. There is hope, and incredible geniuses at Mayo Clinic. And NIH who work in uh, neurology and study brains, breakthroughs happen. Truly, really happen every day. Yeah. Of course, is the old uh, Rob Liefeld of uh, Youngblood fl- Image fame. Uh, bless you, Bruce Willis. Prayers for healing and sincere gratitude for sharing your tra- your talents with all of us. That's great. <laughs> well, if anyone's gonna talk about it, it's Rob Liefeld. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. See, he touches the comic industry in some way. You know, and me, you know, being in the comics. So there you you go. Um, Here's somebody, uh, Gail Ann Hurd. uh, Sending love and prayers to Bruce Willis' family. Uh, One of my close relatives has uh, aphasia. See, I've never heard of this until now, this condition. And as she is still enjoying a happy, fulfilling life, but she also had to give up her career. It's inconceivable to think of Armageddon without his powerful and heartfelt performance. It was. That was a good one. That was a good one. I didn't talk about yet. Yeah, I'll have to do a part two of this for sure. for sure well i'm gonna wrap this one up guys for now um well i still have the energy it you know it's it's late late night but i wanted to get this one out it's wednesday night so i guess it still kind of counts uh it's a wednesday episode so on this on a quote uh, uh Women have secrets. Water's wet. Sky's blue. Women have secrets. Who gives a fuck? Want a beer? Yeah, that's an infamous scene from The Last Boy Scout. Not so well uh, performed by me. Because it's... Again, I'm not putting my 100% into it. But... uh, yeah, man. <sighs> you ki motherfucker.